functional bodybuilding. What is it? Where does it fit within a trading program? And which athletes does it best serve? Stay tuned to find out. You're about to enter the Juice Athlete Compound on training. Ryan Rivera, thank you so much for joining me, man. I really appreciate having you. I mean, I feel like I always have new questions about fitness and you always have an answer for them. Thanks for having me. I'm, sounds like I might have an answer. Oh yeah, I'm sure you'll have plenty of answers. The main thing that I wanted to talk to you about today was bodybuilding. I feel like functional bodybuilding is almost like a buzzword now, but it's something that you are very well versed in. You have a lot of history with it. And I feel like that is kind of something that we use a lot in the Juice Athlete Compound regarding programming and helping to develop athletes, get them from one stage to another. Can you start just by talking a little bit about your history with it, what your philosophy is kind of regarding functional bodybuilding and what it means to you? Yeah, for sure. So I I was coached by Marcus Philly for four and a half years and he... Name drop, by the way. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, I mean, they're kind of the creators of that. So, I mean, I, I do have the background of learning from him, you know, directly. I mean, he taught me a lot of things, but I had someone guiding me through kind of these functional bodybuilding principles for pretty much a long time. And it wasn't until I experienced an injury myself, I I tore a hamstring, where I got to really practice these methods on my own. And so these methods, you know, I was going through them myself. And, you know, I was just learning a lot. I, I was learning a lot about myself. I was kind of seeing where all these directions were going with you know, like what you said, functional bodybuilding. And I started implementing a lot of these types of things with my clients, as I'm sure a lot of coaches have recently. But I feel like I got kind of like an early leg on it because I was kind of doing some trial and error stuff through the person who was guiding me as well. So here we are now. Yeah, totally. Why do you think bodybuilding in general or as a practice kind of fell out of favor within uh, the CrossFit community or what have you? I mean, for a long time, it seemed, I mean, I, I can remember from like 2011 to 2013 or 14, we didn't do any bench press, you know, like, yeah. I, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Why do you think that they kind of veered away from that world for a little bit? So I, I got into, you know, the CrossFit stuff pretty early, probably as, you know, I mean, some of us, you know, we got into it, you know, years and years ago. And I remember myself, like I was kind of in that like bodybuilding world. I never did it competitively or anything, but it was like CrossFit was like the new shiny toy. And it was like, oh, I don't have to bench anymore. And like, I, I can look good. Like I don't need to do curls anymore. Like it, <laughs> it was kind of that, right. It was like this new thing where right. we could, you know, in quote, stop doing all the stuff that we were doing for a decade. Totally. Slowly realized like, no, we probably need that stuff still. But (laughs) I I think that's kind of what it is, right? Like you get a taste of something new and you're like, oh, I just, I, I don't need to do that stuff anymore. And then now we're full circle. Yeah. So now that we have a lot of coaches and athletes embracing bodybuilding, how do you think it fits within most programs in the sport of fitness relative to other sports in the arena of recovering from injury? How do you feel like those protocols fit in there and kind of what do they look like? Just so people get an idea of that. You know, as far, I mean, I think you said sport of fitness first. Like, I mean, that's got to be, that's like entry ticket to even like express the sport in the first place. I mean, you know, the sport of fitness, it's like high rep gymnastics, it's high rep 
this, high rep that. And I mean, if you don't have like the experience of like the control, like the muscular control to even do that, it's like, that's when, you know, people start, oh, my knees hurt. Oh, my shoulders hurt. Or like I slipped the disc and, you know, for as far as where does bodybuilding fit, dude, we can sit and do like single arm rows all day, right? I mean, we're not going to do max effort for five minutes, but that's so low demanding versus like touch and go power cleans for two minutes, right? I mean, we can sit and do dumbbell skull crushers week in, week out yeah. versus like, you know, ring dips for three minutes straight. I mean, yeah. it's like the entry ticket, right? Like we can see how those movements can slowly start to express like these higher demanding movements. And I think that's why a lot more people are slowly trying to add it in some way, shape or form. Totally. Yeah. You know, reflecting back on you know, some of the athletes I've worked with at first, I was like, okay, this kind of athlete would really benefit from functional bodybuilding. So I would give them certain, certain things and they would start moving forward. And it, the more and more I learn about it, the more and more that we use it, the more that we talk about it, I realize like at every level, it is so applicable and it's almost a good starting point. Yeah. Just because most people, like you said, they either can't express power or they're at such an elite level that in order to be competitive, they, they can't just get by. Mm-hmm. And, and in order to do that many contractions and be okay and be able to recover, those protocols play a huge role. Yeah, absolutely. Starting to get into like a sports specific scenario, right? It's like, I think where some people can kind of don't get, it's like where they don't get it is, oh, well, how, how does like the, the skull crusher, right? Because we, they, we hear the term like bodybuilding and it's like, oh, well, how does bodybuilding apply to like, you know, me doing this sport? You know, if we look at the progression behind like a functional bodybuilding program, right? It's not saying, oh, you're doing dumbbell curls, like, oh, you're doing skull crushers. No, it's, it's essentially, it's like we look at bodybuilding and these guys are, like you said, they're doing high rep contractions. By our definition under functional bodybuilding, we're saying high rep contractions. We're not saying like, you know, your left delt needs to look symmetrical to your right <laughs> delt. Like, that's not, yeah. Because that's what, I mean, we hear bodybuilding and that's what, that's kind of what we think, right? So sure, it's like, yeah in the functional bodybuilding definition, it's like, no, high rep contractions. And where the functional side comes in is how is it going to apply to your sport? The the sport of fitness, we need to have a very strong single leg balance and the single arm balance, right? Well, how do we make that functional in this high rep fashion? Mm-hmm. That's the main difference between like, yeah. you know, when people just hear regular bodybuilding and functional bodybuilding. Well, Ryan, if you want to get better, you just do more, right? Yeah, exactly. More more cleans, more <laughs> handstand pushups. You can't do one yet and you're doing more of those. But. Yeah. I, I really like that you touched on that. Actually, recently, you know, I've been training Jack and the thing that we need to accomplish is to make him look good. So we're doing almost purely bodybuilding protocols. So to support him, I've been doing a lot of his workouts with him with Without any of my own goals in mind, I'm just like, hey, this is what will work for Jack. I'll do it with him. And I've noticed significant improvements in my CrossFit and w- without doing any CrossFit, you yeah. know, just doing that, yeah. doing, you know, aerobic work in the AM. And, and then I go and hit a wad and I'm like, dude, I, I was not able to do that many pull-ups before. I was not able to hang on that long. Thrusters felt super easy. I'm not getting as tired. And it's exactly what you said. It's, I feel like it's controlling the volume in a non-destructive way. Yeah. I mean, and like something interesting you just said too, of like, you know, kind of these like bodybuilding principles complement with aerobic work it's kind of like step one i mean you know with my clients that i'm training that you know who are trying to participate in the sport that's what a bulk of their training looks like it's these bodybuilding principles complemented by sustainable aerobic work and it avoids them you know being burnt out right i mean we're a lot of us go wrong i mean i'm pretty sure you've experienced i know i have it's like we first start diving into this stuff and we're trying to do anything and everything to get better we're beating ourselves into the ground doing it, right? And yeah. there's such a sustainable way of getting, a much more sustainable way of getting there. And that's a lower demanding 
bodybuilding principles complemented by aerobic work because if we look down you know a whole training year it's blending those together in over time and you know that's probably what you're experiencing when you go and do these wads right it's like dude your arm your arms aren't getting tired anymore because you're still putting in the contractions sure like your lungs are not burning out because you're still putting in hours yeah you know riding a bike rowing whatever it is so we can put those together in over time so yeah it feels better Mm -hmm. obviously you know you, you can't just do curls and half kneeling kettlebell presses and expect <laughs> to get better at Fran, but it's, it's a base sure, to yeah. support that down the road. Right. I mean, to get better at the sport, you have to do the sport, right? We're not saying that, right. no, this is going to get you better at the sport. No, it's building a base to get better at your sport. You still got to practice the sport if you want to get better at it. So if someone's trying to learn a new skill, let's say it's the ring muscle up, right. And they're kind of, they can do maybe one, they can't do multiple ones in a row. What is your process for dissecting their weaknesses, that movement, and prescribing the appropriate movements and exercises to, to help them progress? And what, what would be your process? It doesn't really matter what the movement is, but let's use that as, yeah, as an example. Yeah. yeah, we'll use the, I mean, the muscle is such a good example anyway, because there's a lot of moving parts to it. So, I mean, with that, right, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's many people out there that can do like one single here, you know, maybe a double there. And it's like, well, why, why can't I string more together? Like, what the heck is going on, right? I will go even one step back what's like your weighted pull up what's your dip right because i mean the the muscle up has it's pulling and pushing patterns into one right so we got to break up and see which one is it first like are, are you pull dominant or are you push dominant and go from there we'll just say someone is pull dominant right that may means that their you know weighted pull up relative to their weighted dip is much higher mm-hmm. well their training program is not going to be working you know the the pull portion of that we know they're better there that doesn't mean it goes away completely that just means they need more pushing dominant training and whether that falls into like you know muscular endurance you know strength whatever it is that that's a totally different type of assessment but as far as like breaking that down yeah we got to see which one you're more dominant in sure then let's say they're they only have one like you said they have one rep well we got to train them to be able to get more and we're again most people go wrong it's like oh i'm gonna do you know crossfit open you know 14.4 and (laughs) there's 30 muscle ups on the back end or 20 whatever it is and i'm gonna try and get more then you're practicing a skill that you only have one rep on while you're completely tired. Like that's not the way we want to do it. If anything, it's like we want you to practice when you're not tired at all. Yeah. Josh, do one rep and you're going to rest three minutes. Like before I even have you do another rep, right? I want you to be completely fresh yeah. every single time you go and do that rep. And then over a long period of time, okay, we can add more and more and more. Mm-hmm. But the idea from starting is do it completely untired, like no fatigue at all. Yeah. So from from then, once you just figure out what is pull or press dominant, how do you go into figuring out what type of hypertrophy they need, time under tension, loading? Uh, what's the next step there? Yeah. So, you know, there, there's a certain range that we kind of want someone's pulling and pushing in and i mean that and that's across the board like their bench press their weighted dip you know their their strict press their weighted pull up their you know five rep max prone row i mean there's just so many tests that we can do to kind of see where they're at and let's just say someone is you know strong right we'll just say they're strong maybe they just they can't get like two reps in a row it's probably like a muscular endurance thing right that they don't have the endurance to pull themselves up numerous times because we already defined that they're strong they have the strength to do it maybe they just don't have the endurance to do it so again we can look by our functional bodybuilding definition that bodybuilding side of like muscular endurance well 
they're not going to gain it by trying more and more muscle ups, right? Right. We need to train them in this specific rep range and tempo range to build out that muscular endurance. That way, when we throw them on the rings to do a max effort eight to 12 months down the road, right? again, like we were talking about earlier, they, they've put in the time under tension, they've put in the reps where we're, we're setting them up for better success, right? We're not, we're not going to say that they're going to get it, yeah. but we're setting them up much better than probably what they've done in the past. Sure. You know, something pretty interesting is like in this, you know, quote, like functional bodybuilding stuff, like we got to get better at the sport. Assuming this guy is like doing muscle ups, they want to do muscle ups because they're probably trying to do the sport eventually. Yeah. That's that's an unstable surface, right? It's completely unstable. The rings (laughs) wobble around, they're swinging around. So we can even extend that progression out even longer and work them completely stable patterns first and then even later go to unstable patterns. So like what I mean is, all right, we're going to get better at strict pull-ups on the bar. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to work ring pull-ups right it's a little bit unstable or we can even go like half and half one hand on the ring one hand on the bar i mean there's just so many progressions that can go with it and still sticking into this person's you know relative time under tension range they need to be in to do multiple muscle ups yeah no it's it's great to hear that too because i feel like many crossfitters are impatient especially with the higher higher uh, skill movements like muscle-ups or handstand push-ups or handstand walking or something like that, their training age, their their athletic history or lack thereof, it, it may be a long time. They, you know, I think a lot of people expect, well, because it took this person three months to get a muscle-up, why is it not happening for me? And it's like some people need that long progression. So it's great to hear you talk about like, here, here's what we would do in that case. Like you go here until you prove that you can make it sustainable and then we're moving on to the next thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, and even like if we look at that part, because you were like, oh, well, someone got, you know, the muscle up in three months. And it's like, dude, that guy was probably like a bodybuilder, too. Like he was <laughs> probably a gymnast. Like he probably I mean, he he probably had something in his background that, again, like we said, set him or her up for success. Right. And again, there's some unicorns out there that like they can just go and do it because they're unicorns. Sure. But again, yeah. it's like we always overlook this guy or girl's training past. Right. Like Matt Fraser. Yeah. Oh, he did CrossFit for a year. No, he did contractions for 10 (laughs) years like whether he was an olympian or not he did contractions for 10 years like he set himself up for success to go and do muscle ups to go and do box jumps like he had the training history he just never did it in that fashion him and i think jared enderton is another one where it's like they walked into the sport with a 300 pound snatch yeah just teach him how to do 15 in a row at 50 (laughs) percent like He's good. Yeah, totally. Okay, I got one more question for you. There's a lot of exercises and I don't, I don't want to say wads, but like there's a lot of things that I am partial to because I'm like, man, these are so great. I think a lot of people benefit from these. What are a couple bodybuilding pieces, movements in particular that you feel most people could benefit from if they stuck some form of that into their training? One thing that we do miss out on a lot is like single arm, single leg you know, we don't get enough single leg squatting. We don't get enough single leg bending, single arm pushing, single arm pulling, et cetera, et cetera. And the reason why is the sport doesn't have a lot of demand for it, right? Like it's not very sport specific. No, I yeah. think this last year was the first time in the open or the two years ago when like we did sing like a single arm thing, right? I mean, there's been like lunging mm-hmm. and things like that, but I mean, never something like overhead, even though it's not necessarily sport specific, it complements all the bilateral stuff that we do like the double leg squatting the double arm pushing especially when we stay kind of in that pattern for too long it's when the arm the shoulders starting to hurt you know the elbows feeling kind of funky things like that so you know some of these crossfit games athletes right like even when they're going into that like 
their AM session is probably like some Arnold pressing just, just to, you know, kind of bring the CNS back down and keep like that base, like to not go anywhere. Right. It's not, right. we're not saying that that's going to get them better at their sport. Again, this is all like base of support to handle it. You can't put a value on it. Like we can always do it all day long. I mean, if, if someone's not competing in the sport, like I would say that the single arm and mm-hmm. single leg stuff should be like the bulk and like we'll save the bilateral stuff for later. I, I completely agree. Are there any, uh, what, what are your favorite uh, unilateral movements. Oh man. Yeah. I, again, like I was talking about kind of progression earlier and kind of being, you know, more unstable, right? Like that's just something I'm so fascinated by. And, and right. you know, when I say unstable, I'm not saying like, okay, we're going to do like knees on a physio ball back. <laughs> like that, that's not what I mean by unstable. Like, I mean, there's too many, the, those endo boards doing overhead squats and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so when I say unstable, I mean like, okay, we're going to be doing an ipsilateral dumbbell press, you know, we're going to do a rear foot elevated on a band mm-hmm. squat. You know, we're going to do one hand on a parallel, one hand on a ring push up. Yeah. Right. And, you know, where these are not putting ourselves in, you know, situations where we're going to end up on a gym meme page, right? Like these <laughs> yeah. are no building thanks. stabilizer muscles. These are things that we can do for longer periods of time without like, all right, we're doing a hundred hand release push ups per time. Yeah, I mean, totally. You know, if, you're, if someone's really good, like, your chest, arms, back, you're gonna be sore for a few days. Like that's that's a lot of demand. <laughs> so the more because again, the more unstable we get, the less hundreds of reps that we can do. I mean, try doing, you know, one arm ring push-ups for two hundred reps for times, be there for a few hours. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I I like to, you know, slowly progress my clients to be a little bit more unstable in a way that makes sense though. Like yeah. I said, we're, we're not going to be on those like balance boards with, you know, a front arm rack and some arm overhead. Well, you got to do it for the gram, bro. Got to do it for the gram. But yeah, it's, it's like one thing that I like that I, I'm kind of working on right now that I like a lot is doing a rear foot elevated split squat, but the rear foot is elevated on a band. And it, I mean, it's, it's still sturdy, but again, yeah. like putting that rear foot already elevated. So your, your front leg is already off balance. But now your back leg is off balance as well because it's on a band. You're, yeah. you're wobbling a little bit. So it's like it's great for stabilization. And again, you can progress the loading on there too. So you can seriously chunk out that movement for three to six weeks just varying the loading patterns. You know, it kind of seems like one of the benefits of this is that it gives the coach more variables to tweak you know, more control. You either go from doing push-ups straight to ring dips, you know, and, and there's so many variables there. And it's like, this gives you little minor minutia tweaks that the coach can manipulate to make the, the workout even more tailored towards that athlete. The athletes, you know, they, they don't have, I, I don't think they have too much a prob- of a problem with repetitiveness, right? Because if they're in that athlete mindset, they're like, I got to do thrusters. I got to do thrusters because that's what I have to do. It's my sport, right? Like, you know, LeBron James yeah. is fixed mm-hmm. on shooting a basketball. Like he knows that's his sport. So he's not going to get tired right. of shooting a basketball. But, you know, like us re- recreational guys who are just going out to the courtyard and, you know, we're shooting the ball. It's like, all right, how can I do this new layup? Like, you know, we're yeah. always trying to look for like something new and same thing is with fitness. So it's like, you know, for us that kind of want a little bit more variance, like you said, we can take that same movement and just vary it in so many different ways because right now the progression is push up, elevated push up, handstand push up. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can do a push up with one arm on a dumbbell. Then we can do push up with one arm on a dumbbell feet elevated. And then we can do like a banded push up. I mean, we can take one movement and just extend it out for so long sure. and still get better at that one movement. So yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like on yeah. the, the coaching side of things, it, it just opens up so many more avenues of progressions, right? As long as it makes sense and things like sure. that. But again, yeah, the, the avenue of progression, it opens up so much more. 
You know what? I feel like that is the perfect place to wrap things up. Thank you so much for all the knowledge bombs you just dropped. Yeah, I, I feel like this pleasure. this type of stuff is are things that people can really benefit from. And the more that they can buy into a healthy form of training, the more that they're going to stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if people want to reach you, where should they go? So you can get me on Instagram. It's at Ryan Rivera. Two underscores, not one, two underscores. Doubling down, yeah. Yeah, double down. <laughs> Email ryan at juicecompound.com. All right, man. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode of the Juice Athlete Compound on training. <laughs>